Hey everybody, and welcome to the Rogue Rebels Podcast. I am Sal, I am your host today. I do not have members of my family with me because... Excuses. I mean, that's really at the bottom line of everything, right? Excuses. Um, but I'm going to talk to you about comics today. So I brought a comic homie. Uh, I know homie loves comics. So let me just welcome Rashad Kasim. Hey, that's me. You it's, said my name right, too, by the way. That's awesome. You know how I do that, dude? I just listen to the way you say it and then I'm going to make it back to you. <laughs> nice. That's called yeah. uh, listening comprehension, I think. Yeah. I like, think. Or I feel like attention. I feel like you don't need four years of acting school to do that. Like I feel like you can you can get it off an audio cassette. Um, if uh, yeah. any of the uh, kids know what the audio cassette is these days. Damn, that... dude, you better be quiet. Big acting school doesn't want doesn't want these secrets out, dude. <laughs> Rashad, I got it off your LP. Gosh. <laughs> By the way, your intro is very monster truck rally announcer. I love it. Do you like it? Do you like it? I it's like, like Sunday, it. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Do we need this many Sundays? That's a saber, story. saber, 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 saber. Uh, I just like trying to like throw in like the family is so not metal that I try to get my little metal intro in. Yeah. I try to sneak it in as best Mustafa. I can. Mustafa. Mustafa. Um, so uh, I'm just going to hit everybody with a business real quick. Nope. I can't even scroll on my notes. Here we go. Nope. I still. Oh, there we go. Hey, everybody, hit us up at theroguerebels.com. I got, like, reviews. I'm reading books. I'm reading comics. Uh, there's podcasts there. Lizzie has posted, like, things that she cooked. Uh, we build costumes, man. Come on. It's a place to it's, be. It's a one-stop shop. It's a, one it's a great time. stop shop. Uh, we have a Facebook play page. No, that's not going to work. Facebook page. Uh, please like it. Uh, we are on Instagram at the Rogue Rebels. I'm going to skip over Twitter because it's a horrible place. And I am. We are on Twitch. We're Rogue Rebels on Twitch. And I, I promise to you people that I am going to get my sim to go to Batu this week. Damn. This is a this is a vow. This that's is a vow a, that I have made because I've had the game since December and Rashad. I couldn't figure out how to get to Batu. Now, hang on a second. Are we saying this week as in the time of recording or the time of release? Uh, let's give me a few more days in, uh, <laughs> from the time that this comes out. Yeah, uh, some so insider that, trading going yeah, on that's here. A, that's insider Batu traveling. On. Don't sell your GameStop just yet. Oh, man. Hold. Uh, hold the hold, line, hold comrades. The line. Hold the line, man. They don't need another boat. Oh, I man. just, like, I, I got, we got sims 4 with batu right because mm-hmm. i because you know your boy was like dude i miss batu like i live five minutes from batu i can't even go there Damn. and even when it was open i can't afford to go there yeah so I mean, we picked yeah. up that sims 4 and i would I, I got on twitch and i signed and i like i updated our channel and everything your boy couldn't figure out how to get to batu and i built a guy and he just lives in a normal house like a sucker <laughs> He lives like in the suburbs of Batu. Yeah, it's, it's like the suburbs and it's all whack. And I couldn't even figure out how to like customize him. So he has like normal hair and he sucks. Uh, so I finally figured out how to like, like I figured out how to get up to Batu and I figured out how to like make my guy better. Mm-hmm. So like last week I went on Twitch and I like made my guy and like now he's got dreads and he's got cool Batu clothes. Um, Damn, virtual Sal. Dude, it's awesome. Then, then I couldn't figure out how to get him to Patu. 
So you can't like be, you can't live in Batu. Apparently, you have to like vacation to Batu. Ah, uh, so he's like Batu adjacent. Yeah. So, but he's got Batu clothes. So like, we're we're I, I did better than the first time, Rashad. Okay. Like we're we're there's growth happening on on the on the Rogue Rebels Twitch. He looks like ready to go to Batu. He's ready for Batu. It's like those dudes who like buy like Tommy Bahama like two weeks before their Hawaiian vacation and wear it around town in Minnesota to like you know like just get the vibe. They're just trying to get in that vibe. His bags are packed. He's got yeah. his ticket. I got my all, go bag. All my bug I need out to bag. do, it just needs a little push just to get him to Batu. That's so funny. So this week, I I I figured it out. They were saying you need to go to your cell phone and you need to book a vacation. That's how you get your guy to Batu. Oh. Um. So because it's not it's a destination realm or whatever the hell they called him instead of a uh, uh, you can't live at Batu. you have to vacation there it's really a state of mind um yeah and it's very difficult to ascertain <laughs> <laughs> so I, I i am going this week okay. in fact i gave up so hard that i started just pl- what is that that looks like candy it's in dark chocolate. where did you get that i made it wait yeah, what too. wait you made it yeah it's surprisingly good. Damn. There you go, bro. No, no, no. Take it, son. You sure? Yeah. Wait, Did your son just call you bro? He calls me bro. It's weird, right? It's a little weird. Well, I'm stuck it's in a little weird. That's true. You are stuck in the house with me. But get out for now. I or be quiet. <laughs> okay. He made dark chocolate something. I think there's sprinkles in there. <coughs> it's pretty good. It's not bad. Wow. Um, I wish I had known that he made it before I put it in my mouth. <laughs> But hey, they're special dark chocolate, Dad. Yeah, what's up, uh, bro? Try this chocolate, bro. <laughs> yeah, he just walks in. And he's like, "Yo, check this out, bro." I'm an agent of chaos, bro. Okay, well, that was a special Rogue Rebel appearance by Rogue Rebel Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I promise I'm gonna get to Batu, and I can't wait for everybody. Now you're crying, this jerk dude. Just waits till we record to start crying. Um, oh, man. Rashad, yeah, the internet is a scary place. It's terrifying. It is. But if you wanted people to find you, where would they do that? Um, if if I wanted people to find me, I guess Twitter would be a good place to look. I am at iCossum there, but I am private. Uh, so uh, don't be a shy person. And uh, I don't know. Maybe we can interact sometime. Who right, knows? Right, right. Maybe, um, I also, maybe. I've kind of, uh, well, not kind of. My, my best bud, Justin, and I used to run a podcast, Will Communication, where we actually talked about a lot of Star Wars comics, but mm-hmm. uh, due to reasons and just circumstances beyond our control, we just couldn't keep up with it anymore, and I've shuttered it. I, I thought mm-hmm. I had taken mm-hmm. it down from a lot of the podcatchers, but it might still be up somewhere. I don't know. Um, but now I do work with uh, my good friend Luke from the Bad Motivators and uh, King Tom. We do a show every once in a while uh, on the Bad Motivators Patreon show, Seismic Charges, where we talk about Star Wars comics there. Awesome. Uh, but that's been a minute, but I'm sure we'll pick that up very soon. And if Luke's listening to this, he's probably going to text me and give me shit for it. So <laughs> there you go. Look, Rashad, I don't know how to tell you this. Star Wars comics are not stopping anytime soon. Yeah, it kind of feels like this Star Wars thing is here to stay. Yeah, it's, it's I don't know, it's back, baby. I don't yeah. know how to tell you. Um, it's just been here. It's just been yeah, it's, dormant. It is, like the lizard it is. people that live in the core of the <laughs> earth, at Hollow Earth. It's always there. They're I mean, just it's, waiting. Yeah, it's like corruption in politics, dude. It ain't going nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> like lamb and tuna fish. 
lamb and tuna fish, spaghetti well, and meatball, ex- maybe be a better maybe, Yeah, you're analogy. more comfortable with that analogy? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's good times. All right. Uh, today, we are going to talk about Jedi Fallen Order, Dark Temple, the five-issue miniseries. You have a lot of details here that I did not write down, so please. By a lot, that's like three details, but sure. Uh, this was written by, the series was written by Matthew Rosenberg, who's in the last few years kind of become a more prolific writer for Marvel. I know he's taken over a lot of stuff. I think he was doing the newer Punisher series for a while, if he's not still doing it. I Mm. know him from a brief New Mutants run, Dead Souls, which was pretty cool. He also was one of the, there was a three writer team that did the reboot of Uncanny X-Men before the the newest Mm. X-Men reboot. Uh, which is constantly getting rebooted. Uh, he's also done stuff for Star Wars. Um, the art in Dark Temple was done by Paolo pa- Paolo Paolo I uh, Paolo Villanelli Paolo Paolo Villanelli. Um, you would know him from the Star Wars series Bounty Hunter. I would, uh, but and he's done the Lando Double or Nothing, uh, which was written yes. by Rodney Barnes, which. In my former life on Will Communication, I actually had the very good fortune to interview him on the show, Rodney. And we talked about the series and uh, Paolo's art and stuff, and that was Mm -hmm. really cool. Mm -hmm. That was a very highlight for me. Paolo's also done art for X-Men Red, which is probably some of the best X-Men I've read in years. And that's counting all of the newer X-Men stuff that's out to date. Um, And the cover... Now, this was something I missed... I mis- I miswrote this down in the notes. So Marco Cicchetto, uh is responsible for the cover, I believe, of just issue one of this. Mm-hmm. And most of the Rogue Rebels listeners will know his artwork from the covers of Shattered Empire, uh, Screaming Citadel, uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan, Star Wars Allegiance. He's also done stuff yeah. for X-Men and stuff in the past. But he's like a very prolific artist. And uh, those are like dope covers. Yes. Like... I mean, it's only issue one of Screaming Citadel. Oh, there's only one issue of Screaming Citadel. But, like, like his, like, I like this, I don't know, I guess I feel like Villa, Villanelli has a very, mm-hmm. like, 90s-ish style that I really, really like because when I read comics, it was in the 90s. I don't know mm-hmm. if that has anything to do with it. Uh, but the covers are fire. His covers are fire. Yeah, it's like it's like the Shattered Empire stuff in 2015 when, yeah. like Star, when Star Wars was back, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like iconic, like that four issue run. I remember the art and that was incredible. The covers were incredible. Yeah. I think he even did the art in the interiors too, but I could be mistaken uh, and usually am. No, because they had the like very like painted looking, like mm-hmm. I know the art in, inside was different. I, I feel like, you know, I, I'd remember the Leia issue very vividly. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Dark Temple. Goes without saying, this is the companion comic book to the video game Jedi Fallen Order. Right. Uh, that was released tw- end of 2019? No, what, 2018 maybe? Maybe you're right. Maybe, I think it's 2019. It's got to be two years old, right? Well. Oh yeah, two right. years old would be 2019. Yeah, I, I, you know, I feel like I've lived a lifetime in the last year, so who knows. <laughs> look, I'm not a time scientist. Uh, so, you know, look up the, you can Google this people. I'm not a fancy <laughs> lawyer. I may just be a simple caveman. Yeah. Look, one time, look, let me tell you a story. <laughs> My wife walked into the bathroom door and broke her toe. What? I didn't know she broke her toe. I found her in the sink. 
in the sink? In the sink. She was up on the counter and in the sink. And she was yelling about how much her toe hurt. And then I saw, I was look, I looked at her toe. And it looked like, it looked like a toe. And I was like, move it. And she moved it. And I was like, well, they always told me if you can move your toe, it's not broken. So let's go to Chinatown. So we went to Chinatown. Oh my God. Um, and she kept saying her foot hurt. So she went to the doctor the next day. Uh, and I took her to the doctor and she's in there for a while. Doctor calls me in and doctor's like, her toe's broken in two places. Don't tell her <laughs> her toe is not broken when it's broken. Wow. So now before I tell my wife anything, my usual like go-to is like, look, I'm not a doctor, but you know, should probably put some Vicks Vapor Rub on that yeah. <laughs> or whatever, whatever the thing is. I'm not a doctor, but blah, 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 the rest of my sentence. I, um, that, that does remind me of a story. Actually, I, if I can just real quick back, I think this was two world cups ago. So this is maybe like 2012. If that was a world cup year, I remember being with friends in Newport and we were watching the Portugal U S game. I think it, Mutt okay. lunches or something in Newport, and before that there was a Korea game playing, and my I have a friend who was very excited for the Korea game, celebrated a goal being scored, jumped up and down a lot, and then complained that his ankle hurt. He's like, ah, something's <laughs> wrong with my ankle. I don't know what's wrong with it. And I was like, you're probably fine. You're just being an idiot, jumping up and down in sandals. Right. And right. the girl at the as table you do next, in Newport. Yeah. And the girl next to us at the table is like, oh, I'm a nurse. Let me look at it or something. She overheard him complaining about it like a hundred right, times. Right. And then she's like, I think you tore your, your, and what is it your ACL? No, that's not your ACL. That's Whatever your knee. That your Achilles? Your Achilles. I, you think your Achilles is torn. And every, all of us were like, no way. You just jumped up and down a couple <laughs> times like an idiot. You're fine. You probably just like tw- twisted it or sprained it. Who, what does she know? And then he went to the doctor the next day. And he's like, Oh yeah, you totally ruptured your Achilles, dude. It's wow. gone. <laughs> dude, I did that. Uh, I did that skateboarding up a hill. Up a hill. Up Why a would hill. you do that to yourself? Look, I was taking I was it was Father's Day. It had to be 2018, 2017. Mm-hmm. It was Father's Day and I was like, "Man, I, like I'm tired of like my kid." Wait you know, a second. This yes. is went. I remember this. Yes, you remember you this. You were out of commission for a really long time. Yep. You I were was in out crutches. For a while. I went to Mexico, dude. To get surgery because America's healthcare ain't the greatest from what you heard. Yeah. Um, so like, dude, I took my, I was, it was father's day and I was like, man, like, let's go. I want to spend some quality time with my kids. Let's like take them to a park and like skateboarding and all this. And like, I was showing Axel how to bomb Hills Mm -hmm. and then I tried to skate back up it. And like, it, like I fell, like it tore and I just fell, but it like immediately went numb and I wasn't in a lot of pain. And I was like, ah, it hurts when I like, ah, do it. But like, it's, it's okay. Otherwise. It's terrifying. That was father's day. I don't think I got surgery till September because I kept waiting for it to heal. Oh my God. And it like, wouldn't get better. And once it wouldn't get better is when I started to being like, well, I better go get this looked at by a actual doctor. I, now this is all coming back to me. Cause I remember seeing you in like West Hollywood, like hobbling from your car and be like, oh my God, I didn't realize it was this bad. Yep. That's what it was. It was a torn. And that, that, that was right before I left to Mexico, dude. When I went to go do that show, uh, like the next week I went to Mexico, I got surgery and then I was laid up in Mexico for two weeks. Wow. But I'll tell you what, dude, hospital food in Mexico, 
Like I had mango, dude. They hooked me up with some pozole. Like wow. that dude like way like I also got the jello. So like let's not get it twisted. Like they still right, had the basics. Right. They still got the basics. The but basic I would say food. it was a nice solid step up. Well, I mean, the the important thing is that you can walk again, so that's good. That's that's fair. Also, uh my ankle is now bulletproof. So, you know, if, if we're ever in a if we're ever in a tight situation, just get behind my ankle. Okay, sure. You'll be, you'll be all right, dude. It's like literally the opposite of the Achilles story. <laughs> like the only part of your body that's bulletproof is your ankle. All right. Yeah, exactly. Just huddle real close. Yeah, just everybody. Um, yeah, we're good. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Fallen Order, though, was a video game. Is a video game. Still yes. exists. Uh, it does. Ha- have you played it? I have. It's pretty great. Your boy got 100% trophies because I'm the best Jedi ever. You 100%ed it? I did. Oh, man. I think, what was it? Not, was it Zepho? Maybe not Zepho. Oh, it was Zepho. Zepho is like the mining one that's like really... Zepho that, is the cold ice. Well, yes. Ice underneath. That one with all the cabins under it? I was yeah, like, there's no yeah. way I'm coming back to 100% this. This is like, <laughs> there's too much going on here. That was I the think coolest I like one. Because that has the crash Star Destroyer. And when you go through the crash Star Destroyer, like once you have all your powers, you start to like unlock the story of what happened. Oh, it's so good. Oh. I don't even remember that. Like there, like, cause you know, you, cause, uh, the guy has like the psychometry Quinlan Voss power. So like throughout yeah. the game, you can like touch things and sense the memory or the history of whatever happens. So every now and then you do it and you gain a little bit of experience and you get a little like scene or whatever. Sometimes you'd like touch a clone helmet and it'll be like, Oh no, execute order 66 ah, or whatever, you know, like, and you'll see the little oh. thing. But if you go on that oh, Star Destroyer... Oh, now I remember, because he has, like, the actual story yeah. flashback in yeah. that, right? Yeah. Okay. So, like, once you... Like, because you can't do the Star Destroyer when you get there. You have to come back when you have all your powers. Right. But, like, when you come back and you go through it, you go through it and, like, the story of that Jedi and whatever, like, on that Star Destroyer is dope. Like, putting it together through all the flashbacks as you work your way through. Yeah, it's been a while. I actually, I got a Series X recently, like, somewhat when it launched or whatever. Okay. And I downloaded Fallen Order as part of Game Pass because, like, I really nice. want to come back and play this game again. It was, like, kind of the exact type of Star Wars game I've been wanting to play for a really long oh, time. Oh, so good. And the story is so great. Yeah. It's great. It is. It's beautiful. Like, and, the it, like, it's acted wonderfully. Like, all mm-hmm. of, like, everything, dude. Like, cinematically done. Like, I really love that Saw Gerrera pops, pops out. Yeah, there's all like, these, like, really tasteful Easter eggs, too. Oh, it's so good, dude. Like, and his speech, dude, he's like, Hope is not yet lost! <laughs> like, dude, I do that all day, son. Yeah. And my kids are like, what are you doing? And I'm like, the Jedi are not yet lost. Kashyyyk is not yet lost. <laughs> Have you come here <laughs> to, kill to kill me? Bokalet! Bokalet! Yeah. Oh man, that it, like everything in that game, they did a really, really good job of like, like the story, the cinematicness, and also the like, the gameplay doesn't so get boring. Satisfying. It is so satisfying. You have to pay attention. Like, you never get to the point. Like I, like I said, a hundred percent of that game. So my guy is maxed out. Never can I walk into any fight and just be like, button mash. Yeah, it is constantly. You have to pay attention. You react. You like dodge. Like all of those skills that you learn are utilized. Yes. And the combat system is so well done, dude. Like, and that's the thing that you don't see. And I don't imagine is easy. You know what I mean? To put something together like that. That's so. uh, Yeah. 
so like, polished. Yeah, it's so polished and, and works so well. It works well, unlike a certain other high-profile game that may have been released recently that is a complete bungle disaster <laughs> that I may or may not be playing because of a new bug that was introduced in this game that will, <laughs> that will literally destroy my game save at the exact moment I am currently saved. That sounds horrible. Yeah, definitely not talking about Cyberpunk. But... <laughs> um, Fallen Order. I re- the other thing too is I don't know if you've ever played like the other I guess Souls like games like Dark Souls or Demon Souls or anything like no, that or never. These games are punishing. Like yes, masochistically difficult. I've tried them before and like maybe if I really focused and it was the only game I was playing at a time, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. never happens, I would like maybe get skilled enough to get far enough into it. But every time I played one of them, it makes me want to break a controller. <laughs> and I'm not a I'm not a controller breaker. I don't do that. Right, but we all strive not to be. Right, but Fallen Order, I felt like, really struck a solid balance of like, yeah, there were times in this game where I was really frustrated, Mm -hmm. but it was like satisfying, and it never felt like impossible to get through sections. No matter how hard they were, I was like, I know I'm going to just get through this. I'm going to get through it. I'm not changing the difficulty, just out of spite. Nice. So I've told this story before, but like when we first got the game on PS4, like, mm-hmm. for some reason, our version was really glitchy. Or our PS4 yeah, was really I do really remember really you telling me that. Like, Lizzie died in a cutscene, bro. Like, what? And I'm talking about a cutscene on a train in the first 15 minutes of the game. Jeez. Like, and at that point, she put it down. She never picked it up again. Wow, that's uh, a bummer. Sir, she is gone. <laughs> She's in college now. <laughs> like, yeah. that's it. Like, that was the end of her fallen <laughs> order yeah. journey. Yeah. Um so like I kept picking it up, but I kept finding weird things like on a, is it Zeph? Yeah. Zepho the ice. Mm-hmm. Like it particularly what would be an issue for me is those like when you're going down those ice slides and stuff. Yeah. The I game constantly would not load it fast enough and I would just die because I would just fall into nothingness. No. Like that's how bad it was. Wow. You know, like it was pretty, pretty, and then I guess one update came through or whatever, but like it got frustrating to the point where I put the game down for a minute. Mm-hmm. But then when I finally picked it up again and it updated, like I never had an issue again. Whatever, really? up, what, like whatever happened or whatever they fixed it. In bugs was like it was all gone, and the game was beautiful from that day forward. How and now long, I have a hundred percent. How long was that period of time when you put it down and picked it back up? I don't know, dude. But it had to be more than a month, I think. Like it yeah. was, a, it was a while, dude. It was For a while. I- a high profile game like that, they have to get it working for everybody like ASAP. If this was like an indie game, you'd probably right, right. needed to wait longer because they just don't mm-hmm. have the manpower. But it's uh, like, I feel like yeah, it could have been so. longer, but I really don't remember. But I just remember like picking it up and playing it and running into a few glitches and me being like, oh, that's kind of messed up. And like taking some funny pictures for my PlayStation little yeah. image save or whatever. And then Lizzie died. Mm-hmm. And then. I remember just going like, no, nah, I'm good, dude. I don't need any more chocolate. Thank you. This is delicious. Uh, I'm, Damn. It looks messier. <laughs> did the game did the game spawn some chocolate? Yeah, Axel just walked in with a spawn, full spawn oh, of chocolate. Axel just spawned yeah. some chocolate. Hey, dude, take him with you because if he's in here, he's just going to cry. This little jerk here, dog. <sighs> don't just leave. Okay, I'm just going to eat it. You talk. Uh, so, yeah, I those ice light things actually... That is kind of... There were a few times in the game where they were doing these really cinematic moments that it felt like were constantly disrupted by my ineptitude most of the time <laughs> during these like slides, like in Kashyyyk or in Zepho with the, where you have to slide down trunks and stuff. And you're like escaping things. I like one really bad turn. And I have to do the whole thing again. It totally ruined the momentum right. of 
the cinema, the cinematic sort of event. And it happened with me at the end. Spoiler warning: Darth Vader is at the end of the game. Um, <laughs> it's been a year. If you haven't, you know, whatever. Um, at the end of the game, like I was like, oh man, this is gonna be really cool, and I just kept getting wrecked. <laughs> like, oh. Right, right, right. Actually, wait. I think you're supposed to lose to Vader. It's the the second sister you have to fight. I believe is yeah. the one where I was. Getting, you're supposed like, to like run from Vader. Yeah, you you don't fight Vader. You run. Yeah. I mean, you can, but it won't be very long. Yeah. I kind of remember, like, thinking, like, I'm sure I'm not supposed to beat him. Maybe I'll just try and get a couple swings in. Right. <laughs> just like, I'm sh- they, they can't possibly expect yeah. me to actually fight him, right? Yeah. Let like, me just get one thrust. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good times. Uh, the uh, game was so well done. Like, I love the characters, too. Mm-hmm. Like, Marin and Cal and everybody. Yeah. Is Marin the night sister? Yes. Yes, I loved her. I she loved is so dope. BD1. Oh, uh, he's adorable. Not to be dramatic, but I would die for him. Yeah. No, uh, same, dude. And then you get to a point in the game, and, like, I'm, I, I'm I'm playing the game, and I know what's happening. Like, I know I'm playing a video game. And you get to this point, and there's, like, a flashback scene with BD1, and I'm like, are you about to make me cry over this damn droid right now? Yeah. And then they did. And I don't know if I'll forgive him. It's devastating. He he survives, right? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the whole crew survives. Yeah, but, like, there's, like, a part where he's taught, like, his whole thing is, like, you find him on, what is it, Bogano, like, yeah. where the uh, temple is or whatever, and he's, mm-hmm. like, he leads you around, and as you go, you sort of unlock more and more of his memories of his oh, history. Oh, yes, that's with right. With a hero of our comic book here, Eno Cordova. Right. Um, and he's going oh, yeah. through it, and the one that you unlock on Ilum is where he's, like... I'm going to seal away your memories and I'm going to like, you know, somebody else will find you and take yeah. care of you. Like, and it's like this goodbye scene with Eno Cordova, but it's like a goodbye to the droid who's about to lose himself. And I don't know why it's so damn sad. <laughs> like, I don't it's even like know It's like a message in a bottle, but it's a droid and like, it's a personality. It's a beautiful thing, dude. Like these games, like the way that they're able to do some stuff like this, like he's literally just so I can have a menu in the game, right? Yeah, like, exactly. The the reason somebody created this guy for a video game is so that I can have somebody tell me about where the enemy's weak spots are yeah. or give me a map he or whatever. He is an intentional design now, tool. They made him so damn cute and so adorable and such a like integral part of the story and he has like a funny like little personality even though he just kind of walks around and whistles like that you love him to death from the second yeah. you meet him. And he perches on your shoulder like a he's, damn parrot. He's like a little backpack, man. Yeah, like, he's so he just cool. hangs out. He's probably my third favorite droid in oh, all God. in all of the the wars. I would say he is adorable. Fourth, Sir, maybe. If you catch up on Afrocomics, mm-hmm. uh, you know what? I'll 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 keep that. But I was gonna say, okay. if you catch up on Afrocomics, is there a droid? There's a droid like him okay. in there, and he's like just as like he's not as much in it. Like in the game, he's always there. The mm-hmm. droid has a much smaller part in part in that first arc. But the current Afro comics do have a little uh, adventure droid with them, and he is just as adorable for the scenes he's in. That's awesome. Yeah, I so, look. Yeah. I I will. Just know you know, that. it's it's one of the maybe it's my depression. I don't know, but like the idea of like hey, twenty twenty. Uh, uh, yeah, like I think I fell behind like a couple months, and a lot of this. I'm gonna blame the X Men. I'm a huge X Men fan, mm-hmm. and they did this whole reboot, and I was like on board. I was reading the reboot, and then as soon as the reboot initials 12 issues were done it it spawned like six or seven ongoing miniseries okay and it was hard to keep up with all of those on top of my other books 
And like those, like, you know, comic books, out, I don't know if you know this, comic books come out usually one issue a month. Right. But so like I was normally reading like two X-Men books, a couple Star Wars books and whatever a month. Right. And then it became like, oh, now there's seven X-Men books. And, you know, these three, th- <laughs> and it, it just kept adding up. It was like, now there's 14. Now, now there's wow. 21. It's like, now I'm like, I am 10 issues deep behind on seven different series just alone so it's like the mm. longer it goes the more intimidating it is for me to yeah, chip away yeah, at it yeah but i will get to them one day you might end up in a, like because i always feel like with comic books like star wars or otherwise not that i read a lot of otherwise these days mm-hmm. um is like everything like feels better when it's an arc i'm impatient yeah I love, when i can just I like, like binge through yeah it. I go to the comic store and I pick up the comics the day they come out and I read them and I put the little code in on my phone and I get the mm-hmm. digital copy from Marvel, right? Mm-hmm. Then when the arc is, when those five issues or six issues or whatever it is are done, I go back and I read the arc altogether. Start to finish. And that's usually like when the thing sort of comes together, you know, mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, okay, that was a lot better. Because a lot of the times I'm like, oh no, man, they just ended it right there. Yeah. As comic books are wont to do. Right, and like a month between is like, oh, I kind of forgot this thing happened. Yeah. Or like, yeah. what is this they're talking about? Did I miss something? You know what I mean? It happens exactly. all the time. Exactly. Uh, um, but speaking of comic books, yes, we read Dark Temple, which is a comic book about yes. Fallen Order. Sal, yes. Fallen I'm, Order. I'm going to pretend to be host here for a second. Go ahead. What Take did it you over. What did you think of Dark Temple? What are your Look, thoughts? I enjoyed the comic, especially like. For me, it was about the character. It was about Seer Junda and mm-hmm. Eno Cordova because those are the people that I really connected with and love in Jedi Fallen Order, the video game that we just talked about for whatever amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say on a reread, like uh, being a little bit more distant from it, I think I picked up some little different things like in the theme of the story that I didn't catch the first time. Um but it, it is super enjoyable. I love the art. And this, like you said before, this is the guy that's doing the bounty hunter art right now, mm-hmm. uh, which means that I'm getting a lot of like, this is the same guy right now. He's drawing like Boba Fett, Dengar and uh, Baylert Valance. Yeah. Which is uh, a lot of fun for me a little bit. I'm kind of enjoying the bounty hunter comics. They're, they're not bad. Yeah, um, I've, I've got them. I just haven't read them because yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not a real fan in any regard anymore. <laughs> I am what they refer to as a fake fan. Uh, okay let's just let's leave twitter out of this <laughs> <laughs> they're not allowed in our conversation that's fine it's okay um but yes i enjoyed it quite a bit and on a reread i think i enjoyed it a little bit more being further out because mm-hmm. i think i finished this before i finished the game if okay. i'm not mistaken yeah that's kind of where i came in to this i read i think the first three issues of this when they initially came out and mm-hmm. then just kind of dropped the ball and never came back and i think when i first read those three it was hard for me to get into it because i hadn't played the game yet mm-hmm. so i didn't have any context and i kind of was like unsure of where this is going this felt like another like oh jedi master is going to teach the padawan a lesson in this weird situation story um <laughs> which you know it is but mm-hmm. um I just never, for whatever reason, came back to it. And then I played the game, loved the game. Mm-hmm. And having gone back to it for this podcast now, I was like, honestly, pretty surprised at how much I liked it. And I think a lot of that is because I'm so much more familiar with Cordova and with Seer and appreciate that relationship more based on the way it was told in Fallen Order right. and kind of what we knew. Yeah, And this didn't necessarily reveal a ton of like, 
information mm-hmm. um, necessarily. I, this is absolutely not necessary to read before you play Fallen Order. Right. Um, but what I think it did was really service the characterization really well. And I think it added a level of depth to kind of why Seer is so drawn to this mission in Fallen Order mm-hmm. to follow Cordova and push um, Cal in the mission. Yeah. But at the same time, I really appreciated so much more this time around the relationship between Cordova and Seer. Yeah. And like the, the teacher and uh, mentee role, the mentor mentee role. And that's definitely like the most that you, especially if you are into the Fallen Order, if you played the game, like you hear about Cordova and you know about Cordova and you know, he was Sears master and you, mm-hmm. you know, BD one gives you all these videos about Cordova, but like you don't really know Cordova and Sear and how they work together. And this definitely gives you that side of yeah. it. Cause this is like, a, like Sears is still the Padawan, uh, you know, Cordova is still the master, but at the same time you see that Cordova is very much the Cordova in the game. That's like, well, hold on. I'm curious mm-hmm. about this thing. And I would like to learn more. Would you like right. to know more? You and know. Seer is completely different in the game than she is here. In, in the in the in Dark Temple, she's really headstrong. She's very similar to Anakin. She's she, like yeah. very instinctive, and she acts on sort of instinct without really. She leaps without really looking. And I feel like in Fallen Order, she's like very cautious, very meticulous, right, very right, strict. Right. You know, don't take chances, right. Cal. Blah blah blah. And a lot of that I think is informed by her experiences that we kind of see. Mm-hmm glimpses of in this book but also in the story we learn about what happens to her former apprentice and right. i think it leaves a lot of scars for her mm-hmm. hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price line yeah that is something that i'm surprised we didn't get to in fallen order like uh, dark temple i mean it's only five issues you can't cover too much ground but like they never touch on sort of the trauma that happens uh between her former apprentice uh the second sister and her it's like bookended in a weird way right so they're like like most of the issues they start in like quote unquote current day which would be during the video game in theory Mm -hmm. and like with the second sister coming back to this place and picking up these clues that seer junda and Eno cordova left a long time ago right right but then it flashes back to the time when seer junda and Eno cordova were tooling around being jedi during the time of the jedi way before the clone wars and all that so like you get like you kind of get a little bit of both. Of course, if you've played the video game, then you know who the second sister is. Right. And you have a lot more of that informing your reading, which I think is maybe a little bit more why, like, like I said, when I came back to it lately, I picked up on a lot more things as opposed to the first time I ran through. Yeah. You know. Initially, when you all you knew is uh, the villain is an inquisitor, second sister. And when you're reading this book. You're kind of like, okay, so she's just hunting Jedi, I guess. Like, cool. Yeah, like, yeah. you have no connection. And to be perfectly honest, even going back and reading this, the way that I felt they handle the second sister, like, it's only until, like, the very last panel, basically, of the last issue yes. that she is really kind of tied to the game in any way. And I felt like it was so... It wasn't really necessary. I honestly feel like they probably could have cut 
that out completely, mm-hmm. or at least maybe bookended the entire series with it or something instead of right, having it in every right. issue. Because I will say, those scenes, they looked fantastic. It's very cool. She's mm-hmm. incredibly menacing. Just from an action movie sort of, or action scene point of view, like, they're fantastic. But mm-hmm. they don't really do much as far as contributing weight to a story. Right, right, right. In like, my opinion. Like, those parts only get better if you play the game. A hundred percent. Like, if you know where they're going, then at that last panel, you're like, oh, oh yeah, because then you know to Bogano, or and you know exactly in yeah. the game what happens in that scene. Yeah. yeah. If you don't play the game, then you're just like, oh, they're on their tail, or you yeah. know, like the whole time. Oh, it's just a, it's just a thing, you know. And it's like cool. She has a cool helmet. Of course, the art is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that is another thing. The art is really fantastic throughout most of the series. Yeah, I do, I do enjoy uh, this guy's art. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Did my pictures come in all out of order? That's not good. Well, those notes are messed up. I thought that was intentional. <laughs> it wasn't. I was like, we're just going to hit on some highlights here. Yeah, okay. Uh, so I'll just try to remember things. Um, so, like, when the comic kind of starts, and I guess, like, this is the first thing that I noticed. The comic starts off, and it's, like, Seer and Eno Cordova, and they're, like, trying to resolve a dispute between Trandoshans and some monks. Mm-hmm. And Seer's, like, the Trandoshans are all aggro. And Seer's being, like, headstrong with them. And mm-hmm. Eno's like, let me go talk to these guys and see what's up. Seer ends up starting a fight, and they, like, she fights the Trandoshans and beats them all. And then mm-hmm. Eno comes out, and he's like, oh, good news. These guys have admitted to stealing their blah 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 Like, so, like, we can, we're all, we're going to resolve this thing pretty easily. And then she's like, oh, we just fought. And it's like, well, they were disrespected because of the way you were talking to blah 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 And so, like, the kind of little note there... Like, I want to say it's like nothing is what it seems because that mm-hmm. like it repeats itself over and over. Because like later when we get to the Falari and the corporation, like you don't know who's being on the up and up and who's being shady. Right. Like, but that's the thing. Like, she's kind of judging things by their cover at the beginning. Yeah. She's beating up these Trandoshans because they're like being aggro. Or she, yeah. And it turns out they were the guys that got robbed. Yeah, exactly. It's, I think that the, the opening scene is the metaphor for the entire series, which is like you can't take... I think that's the jet. Hang on a second. The dog. <laughs> the, the dog is digging into the carpet for some reason. Awesome. Um, anyway, I think the opening scene is a metaphor for kind of the overall story here in the conflict between. I think it's the Da Corporation yes. and the Falari. Falari. And yeah. they, it, it's you can't take things at surface level, and I think that's what Cordova is trying. To, hey, <laughs> I think that is what Cordova is trying to teach Sierra is like. You can't really judge in a situation until you really truly understand yeah. an entire context around a situation. Don't be so quick to act and, you know, don't entrench or, I'm sorry, I think what he's trying to teach her is because she is so headstrong and so instinct driven, he's trying to teach her like, let them guide you, but don't always let them steer you or yeah. like take yeah. over. You know what I mean? Like use them, but don't take that as gospel. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and like, and that was a real, like I did not pick up on that in the first reading. I was just like, Oh, that's funny. The Trinitians are the good guys. Yeah, Ha-ha, or whatever, you know, like, Oh, that's cute. And then she gets like kind of reamed by the council, but mm-hmm. she's also very like short with them. Like, yeah. 
like she's at the council and she's like, well, am I going to be in trouble? Am I getting kicked out or what? And they're like, no, we have reservations. And she like, they kind of go back and forth until Yoda is like, with all due respect or something like that yeah. and back to her. And I'm like, Oh yeah. It's like, you're you know. not just here to get detention every time you're in this room. Um, you know that, right? You're, yeah. We're here to teach you lessons. But I really like like, and this shows up here and also in like uh Dooku Jedi lost like this pre clone wars Jedi that are living in a time of peace. Mm-hmm. Like it's interesting to see a lot of their stories kind of unfold because you're finding a little bit of this like mediation and like what these Jedi are actually doing. Um, it's a little more like explicit in, in Dooku. Like at one point there's a, this is completely like sidetracked, but at one point like Dooku goes with a Jedi delegation to a planet for a such and such festival. And they're giving like a lightsaber demonstration Mm-hmm. And the people are talking about like, oh, like, that's so cool. Like how they carry their ceremonial weapons. Because clearly in this time, like they don't use them. Like they're just, right. like, you know what I mean? Like no Jedi has had to fight any blah, 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 blah. And blah, blah, blah. Um, so like this a little bit is like they are going to these planets that want to join the Republic or are part of the, like are having these conflicts to help resolve. It's a little bit episode one. Yeah, they're mediators. You know? Yeah. Um, but I like that Jedi during peacetime energy. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing I took away too. Is we don't really in the whole series, and this is, I mean, it's it's obviously very clear in Fallen Order that Cordova is like really into sort of archaeology and history and studying kind of ancient cultures, and mm-hmm. he's not like Indiana Jones in the sense that like he's you know swashbuckling, but he's, yeah, he's, he's a little bit of a bookworm. Yeah, he's a bookworm, and mm-hmm. that's not really something we get to see a lot in Clone Star Wars. Wars. In Clone Wars, <laughs> there's the the old guy with the cane lightsaber. I forget his name. Oh, uh, you know me out right about. now. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. It's the one that so was like, oh, I have to go hang out. With he's the got a white saber. It's in a cane. Yeah, but he turns out to be like pretty badass. But he just yeah. likes to read, and I think that's kind of interesting. Cordova's like it's very whimsical sometimes. He's like. Mm. I'm going to need you to stay outside this temple because I want to go read some stuff. Yeah, he's very, like, deliberate about his stuff sometimes to where he's like, yeah. okay, you got everything cool? Cool, I'm going to go check this temple out real quick. Yeah, man. It's like, oh, well, he won't believe this. Like, which uh, also, once you play into the video game, gets a little more into the weeds as to where she's like, oh, he's, like, such a scholar. And he was such a, like, you get into that relationship, how she kind of, like, sometimes resented that about mm-hmm. him. Like, she felt like he wasn't teaching her the things because he was too busy off on his own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I really dig that like that was given a little bit more depth here. Yes. Absolutely. And and also that opposing mindset, like she's so headstrong and so brash and so um, I don't want to say like, I think it's the wrong word to say judgmental because like I I'm, think she's quick to judgment and yeah, like, sticks to those convictions. It, really it, strongly. it feels wrong, but she did beat up a bunch of Trandoshans. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know Trade Oceans have, don't have the best rep, and I yeah. think that informed her. She had she had uh, yeah. internal bias. <laughs> she has a lot yeah. of internal bias, so, so like, yeah, it informs everything she does. Yeah, so that that's one thing that I thought was like really interesting that they like came back to because, like you said, it's almost a metaphor for the rest of the series, in which you know eventually she ends up meeting with the Falari. Like they go to this planet. And there's a conflict happening between the government, like the ruling government and this small region slash sect of people that don't recognize that government 
and have been their own nation slash culture for a while, right? Right. It basically, like, this planet, all except one sort of tribal nation. It's, right. I don't Region, know if tribal is the right word. Yeah. Yeah. This, this particular sect of the planet did not want to join the Republic, but the rest of the planet did. So they don't, they're basically almost like, it's kind of similar, I think, to... Mm, I, I don't I'm not really educated in this so I don't want to make that comparison right, but right, I right. feel like it's like they're almost like on a reservation but it's independently it like. controlled yeah. um, and they don't get the benefits quote unquote of the Republic I mean I think the things that we do understand in the story is like the government wants their cooperation so that they can be part of the Republic correct and they don't want to cooper- cooperate, right? They like just they, want to be left alone. They want to be left alone. They want to re- remain their sovereign. They want their sovereignty to remain themselves. Mm-hmm. But there's also a crazy ancient temple that, that the, yeah, the corporation yeah. wants to go mine or In, for educational purposes. Yeah, and also piques Eno Cordova's interest, right? Because he's like, ooh, temple yeah. hieroglyphs, interesting. Yeah. So like, they first get to the uh, planet and they like. The corporation is there to like. I like the. I, I can't remember the guy's name. What's the guy like? The leader of the corporation. Something da, because yeah. he he's the founder of it. He's like the right. Elon Musky. Uh, he's very dude. like. I don't know like what the word is, but he's like yeah. Well, there. I mean, I'm just gonna bring you just to show you what it is. You know, why are you taking us in this big armored vehicle? Because you never know what's gonna happen. Like, well, yeah. you know, just so you know, bringing warriors from an outside Republic delegation in an armored vehicle to the thing is not a really good symbol. Are you coming with us? Nah, I think they're tired of trying to negotiate with me. So, yeah, like, I'm literally it, just sending you. Yeah, in a tank. it's it's Good like luck. a weird thing, but also his like, it's not like it is kind of nonchalant, but like his real attitude, like as at, throughout the story, he kind of keeps that attitude, even as things start to pop off. Yeah, he's really aloof. <laughs> yeah, it's like such a weird thing. Like, like, I don't know, you run a company that's like in an armed conflict right now with a group of people that are trying to kill you. What are yeah. you taking, and can I get some? <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, Do I need it's, a prescription? It's funny. It's interesting. So they start like they go. They're riding on the transport to the place, and like they get attacked, right? But they like mm-hmm. step outside, and they're the Jedi are trying to figure things out, and they go outside, and there's like this red mist around the planet because it rains poison, weird snowflakes, um, that are red, which makes for awesome art. Yeah, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Mustafar we see in the opening of Rise of Skywalker with, like, elements of Crate. If if Crate had, like, a goth phase, this is kind of what this planet looks like. Fair, fair. I like it. Um, So there's, like, an explosion, and she gets captured, and she presumes Eno's dead. Mm -hmm. They say, they tell her that everybody else is killed. But what also happens is there's this droid. When she wakes up, she's like in a prison cell, right? Mm-hmm. And so she like, the droid's like, oh, good to see you're awake, blah, blah, blah. And she like calls her lightsaber to her immediately and like cuts the doors open and like flies out. And then everybody comes out with weapons. And she's like, aha, you guys tried to take, take me prisoner. And she's like, no, the, the people are like, Dude, no, we, did no, we didn't. Did you try opening the door? It's open. Yeah, the door was open, y'all. Like yeah. we just told him to tell us when you woke up to, to explain the situation, but you didn't yeah. even listen to the droid. Yeah. And that, that droid, droid, by the way, yeah. N3LO, I don't want to take your, your thunder if you're going to go for it. Go no, for no, it. no. Go for it, dude. I was going to say he had, he's really funny 
he has these incredibly deadpan funny lines throughout. It's it kind of <laughs> reminds me of K two S O. And the first moment here is really funny because he says something like he's screaming back to the group like ah she's not dead and she's not happy. <laughs> <laughs> There's another time later where they're like sneaking around and she's like okay uh, we have to be sneaky and he's like I don't have the ability to do that. <laughs> And then yeah. later they're like sneaking out and she's like, act casual. And he's like, I have only one way of acting. Yeah. Or like, forget I, w- forget I said anything. She's like, you're going to have to deprogram that from my memory. I literally cannot <laughs> yeah, forget anything. I cannot forget. Uh, the, he has another line too where they're like meeting, the two forces meet or whatever in mm-hmm. like a truce. And it's like, I don't know what a trap feels like, but it appears stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is it too. I have it here. Uh, just act casual. I have only one way of acting. And then they get caught and the people are like, stop them. And she's like, oh man. And he's like, is this because I was not casual enough? <laughs> he's like, great. There's great. That's beautiful writing. That That's, that's, that's hilarious. Um, so yeah, like she gets caught by the, by the Falari basically. And mm-hmm. so they tell her that like, look, we're just trying to protect our land and we've been here for centuries. We have no interest in growing beyond like all this stuff. The government wants to take what we have and to plunder our resources and such and such. And there's also a temple. Let me show you the temple. And there's a temple. It's pretty cool looking temple. Kind of looks like the Bagano temple. A little yeah, bit. it's a Zepho temple. Yeah. So it's like that ties into the game if you play the game. You know, so you're like, oh, wow. And then, like, they, they this temple has been here centuries before any of us. Like, nobody, we don't know the history of this temple, but for generations we have protected it. And um, so, like, she ends up being on that side of, like, trying to help the Falari protect their things. Mm-hmm. So, like, I guess, like, what does she do? She, like, kind of sneaks back into town. That's where she's trying to sneak with the droid and like... Because she's trying to contact the Jedi Council. Right. right? And they have no way of contacting people. So she sneaks back to town to where they're having like a town council meeting or whatever. Where the guy's like, look, they attacked my people and they killed the Jedi. So we should just send in a a battalion or whatever, right? You know, and then she busts in and she's like, "Uh, uh, uh, uh-uh-uh-uh. It wasn't them who attacked us. Because like they're saying that they attacked themselves to like... That way they could start a war with the the presumption of... You yeah, know, like, dude. It's a real 4D chess going on here. There's a lot of, like, smoke and mirrors of, like, all this stuff. Um, and it eventually does resolve into, like, it looks like it was always the Falari. And, yeah. But also people that were, like... Like, when it's resolved, I think the dude says something like, look, it's people that have been wanting to start a war since before you or I even heard of the planet. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, and it's I think like, what he said was like he had hired. He always hires full. He the the people who attacked him weren't wasn't him. It was people he hired. Right. But he always hires the Falari, and they were looking to kind of light the powder keg. So yeah. that's why it was like a confusing like who attacked who, and yeah. then that's how the war started because they were just looking for a fight. It's like a little bit of a mystery, but then like once it's resolved, and like the first time I read it, I didn't quite like put it all together, and I was like, oh, okay, this is just a bunch of like aha you aha you, yeah. Um, but then it kind of like, I think it really goes back to that Trandoshan thing of like, you can't really trust, like, like that nothing is what it seems. Like these people exactly. are telling you one thing, but they're doing another thing. And like, it does end up like that girl in charge of the Falari who's like, it, towards the end, she's like trying to kill the Jedi. Yeah. Is like, that Nerali, I think her name is? Yes. Okay. I think you're right. That sounds right. You sound like a smart Star I, Wars guy. I, I wrote it down. I took notes. 
It's good. It's good. Yeah. Um, the temple is Zepho. Zepho are the bomb. Like, dude, like those Zepho temples that you get to actually explore in Jedi Fallen Order. Super cool. It's it, like, I love like that architect, like, and like, look, look, dude, don't get me started on Jedi Fallen Order's photo mode. Because I've taken a lot of pictures that if I ever decide to sit down for a week and Photoshop myself into cool Jedi temples, <laughs> like your boy's going to be hanging out in Zepho temples for like a Dang. good 52 weeks. I want to see you in that big like tower one in the, on Ilum. That one's really cool. Like, and it, like the one on Zepho when you come out of the temple on top and you mm-hmm. have that like view of the like mountains with the snow, like that one's good. Yeah. Like even just Bagano with that like that double forked kind of poking out of the floor. Like, mm-hmm. Oh God. Like the, the one thing that they did really good in Jedi fallen order is they know exactly where you are and where the camera is. And like, they made it beautiful. Every yeah, time you, really you're anywhere in that game, like you hit up cliffs or the edge of something and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is a postcard right here, son. Um, it's it's a very pretty game and the camera works very well yeah. but i was is this the first encounter cordova has with the zepho is this comic so i don't think so because well i don't know maybe you're right because it seems like in the comic she talks about how he dragged her around searching for the zepho stuff right and this is right. like zepho stuff while she was a padawan but it also seems like he went and did a lot of that stuff afterwards when she became a knight like he was like he sort of kept going on this path so i think like a lot of the locations like in the game are things that he went on to so maybe you're right like this might have been like the first one that he found and you know after deciphering and studying this stuff he was able to uncover the others with clues or something i don't know you know what i mean yeah yeah i i wonder though like um i i don't know for some reason in the comic i just had this general sense of like he just liked exploring and then he found the Zepho stuff on this planet and then that drove him to seek it out everywhere yeah. else. I mean, that's like, I wish, I mean, you know, maybe Wikipedia has an answer. I don't know, man. But like, I, th- I think you're like, that sounds right. Like this is what cracked the, you know, cracked the seal. And then he was yeah. able to, cause like all the other stuff, like all those messages with BD one and all that stuff, like mm-hmm. I think happens when she's already a knight, right? Yeah, it's after after this this game, I think. Which, by the way, I want to... The night ceremony at the end of this, I I don't remember, and you're the right person to ask. I remember being confused, and I'm like, well, I'm glad I'm doing this with Sal, because I have no idea. Um, Was it in... I I do remember there was a knighting ceremony. I think it was in Clone Wars, maybe, or it was in Rebels, and for some reason, I... I think it had to do with Kanan where we got to see like a really cool knighting ceremony. Maybe it was with Ezra. Okay. Am I remembering in Rebels, any of this? There is a knighting ceremony when they're in a, the temple on Lothal. Uh-huh. He fights like a temple guard and the temple guard reveals itself to be yes. like the inquisitor. Right. And he's like, you will become what I once was, you know, a knight of the Jedi order by the will mm-hmm. of the council, by the, you know, like, and he knights him in Clone Wars. We never really get that. But in that animated, like, uh, Tartovsky, yes, like, I shorts, do remember Anakin's you get knighting Anakin's, ceremony, like, which is ceremony. Sick. Yeah, that was so dope. So, yeah, we never so, get that in a in, in the Clone War in, in the Clone Wars animated series that we all watch today, you know. 
Yeah, so that was why I brought it up, because Sears, like, quote-unquote ceremony, I don't know if we see it or not, but it, it seems like they're just like, uh, yeah, kneel down, stand up, cool, you're a knight. <laughs> Sick. Yeah, it's a little bit less of the, like, no the, pomp and circumstance. circumstances, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's also, like, over the thing, but also, like, right after that, like, it show, it like it it does like kind of if it was a movie it would be an editing thing like the voices would go over into the next scene and she's mm-hmm. walking with her jedi clothes through the library yes. where Eno cordova's like oh yeah i could just study now yeah <laughs> like, sick this is dope yeah good job being a jedi yeah um, have fun have fun remember what i taught you mm-hmm. play nice with others it was cool don't judge um, a book by its cover don't go judge trandoshans y'all yeah. <laughs> sometimes they're nice yeah open your mind dude open your mind let go of your bias <laughs> it's good stuff um like i just like the the interaction between them two mm-hmm. and then just like the circumstances of the planet that are so much of a back and forth because like really like even us as the reader don't know who the f- to trust until the last issue yeah when they explicitly just spell it out for us yeah but i love that whole thing and it, it's such a nice I think twist to see like when it's revealed that Cordova is alive and he's with the Da company and she's like, no, but you don't understand what they're doing. And he, it seems like he's being really dismissive of her up until they get to this part where he's like, Oh no. I mean, I, I knew you were going to be diehard with them. So I was going to be diehard with the other company so that we could get them to trust each other so that I can make this peace treaty so that I could go to this temple. (laughs) (laughs) And I love how she's like, the peace won't last. And he's like, long yeah. enough for me to get in this temple, though. Yeah. <laughs> Two days, that's all I need. That's all you need, son. Give me four hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it's some really silly, silly good times with that. Like, and it, But it's it's almost like a little irresponsible. Like, as a Jedi Master, I'm like, come on, dude. Like, you're really just trying to get in this temple this whole time? It really is. <laughs> like, there are Damn. people's lives in danger here, It son. is really sort of like... Qui-Gon-esque in the way where he's like, you know, this probably isn't like the quote-unquote right thing to do, but there's a deeper meaning here if we search for it. But, yeah, you know, this is going to be kind of weird, but we're going to go for it. To me, it almost hits the Qui-Gon note of like, well, I didn't exactly come here to free slaves. Yeah, he's defiant (laughs) in a way. Yeah. (laughs) Well, look, I got something to do. And it's exploring. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Read books. Reading books. So, like, the art is really, really good in the issues. Mm-hmm. The story is very, very interesting. And like I said, it keeps you guessing. Because mm-hmm. at one point, you know, like, if you're, you're following her story and you're like, yeah, these Da Corporation are jerks. And then you start, like, that dude is so nonchalant and, like, I don't even know how to describe him. But he's, like, he's almost likable, the, like, leader of the Da Corporation. He's so when he charming. says stuff, like, you end up being like, well, you don't seem like such a bad guy. Yeah, I mean, like, look, I I think it's pretty clear from the outset that the story is intentionally trying to make you distrust the Dot Corporation and sort of (laughs) trust the Phylar. Phylar? Phylar. Yeah, Phylari. Phylari. And I think just inherently I knew, like, there's going to be a twist. You don't know who to trust. But to the story's credit, it was like I didn't know how it was going to unfold. Like, it was – and I think they did it – Rosenberg did it in a really interesting way with how I I think the way it unfolds and then what the ultimate goal of the Fulari is that's like 
protect like everybody's kind of after this thing and that's right. kind of the real crux of the the real cause of the conflict is this temple right that is the main reason they're fighting is because da wants to get in there to you know explore and mm -hmm. the Florey are like well it belongs to no one but it's on our land and we don't want you to you know right touch a sacred place when in reality it's full of these orbs that provide a ton of energy and both of them want them for their right. own means it's full of zepho technology mm -hmm. um and also but there are like some really really cool like like almost like iconic mo like star wars has a lot of these iconic moments and there's one part where like you know the dog corporation shows up with their army and a seer junda is like sitting there on the steps and she's like you will not trespass on the on our land or something like she says yeah. this is not your land and that's such a like thing that is like real world applicable. Yes. That like, I don't know. It's just such a beautiful thing. And in like, in this case, like, I don't want to say she's mistaken, but like, you know, things are like the people who have told her these things are kind of manipulating her. But at the same time, like there's some, like, that's just a, such a beautiful, iconic moment. And the art is so... Like, she's sitting on the temple. The sun is shining out from back. Like, yeah. the art is dope, dude. And Every time yeah. we see the temple, it's gorgeous. Like, you have a page, yeah. a couple pages down here where she first sees it. And the sun is shining on it. And the Zepho sort of temple guard figures are here. That, that's the other thing. The coloring in this, really, it's super vibrant. I think yeah. the dichotomy of, yeah. like, kind of the red mist and the dark rocks... Plus all the action sequences, it just it really pops off the page. <laughs> it, yeah. Then there's like there's like a big battle eventually. The Jedi come and start rescuing them, but then they want to trap the Jedi there, and the mm -hmm. Jedi are like, "Well, let's show them what happens when we were trapped." Yeah. Oh <laughs> my God. We I can't believe we haven't even touched on this. We get not only do we get an Athorian Jedi, uh, rest in peace, rest in power. <laughs> um, we get a Celestian Jedi. I don't think I've ever seen a Celestia Jedi I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you something I always think of. Whenever I see Jedi that I don't recognize soon before the movies, I start mm -hmm. to worry. Yeah. And <laughs> like three three panels later, that Athorian Jedi is like, ah. Yeah. The Wilhelm scream out of this, <laughs> yeet himself out of this temple yeah. real quick. <laughs> Let's escape from this temple. Oh no, you didn't make it. Just really excited for yeah. the Celestian Jedi, though. They're oh, out, yeah. they out, they out there. Yeah, they out there. They out there and they live in they live in large. Uh dude, like I mean if if you're about Okay, like this is going to be teeny tiny. I'm going to give you mm -hmm. a little tiny bit of High Republic Light of the Jedi stuff. Okay. And I hope you don't mind and I hope listeners don't mind. There's a Wookiee Jedi. Mm -hmm. By the name of Buriaga. Mm -hmm. And he is a goddamn treasure. He is empathetic and like there's these weird spots in the book and it's like something that we take for granted in the movies. Mm -hmm. Like in the movies, our Wookiee is like Chewie, right? And he's in movies mm -hmm. and like he talks and Han is like, yeah, you got that right. But like, we don't understand what he's saying. Nobody else understands what he's saying. You know what I mean? Like right. in the book, they touch on that in such a weird, beautiful way. It's like, he's kind of like at this, he's at like a gathering, right? Mm -hmm. And he's like, people are coming up to introduce themselves to him because they know he's a Jedi. And he like, he's like, oh, you know, thank you very much. Like, yeah, it's really nice to meet you guys but they don't understand him. And he's like, and it's from his point of view. And he's like, Oh yeah. You know, I saw that, you know, like they don't, of course they don't understand me. You know, it is what it is. I'll just oh, nod wow. and smile. Like, and he feels, he feels like isolated, but he's like so kind and empathetic that he can feel what the people are feeling. Like, but he's like misunderstood because like he can't express himself 
as they can. Does that make any sense? Like, yeah, they can't understand him and he, but he can understand. Oh my God. It is. It's, I don't even know how to tell you that other than it's beautiful. Yeah, like it's a little heartbreaking, but it, it is, dude. But it is sweet. adorable. Like in context, yeah. like it's heartbreaking when you think about it now. If you read the actual book, you're gonna text me right afterwards. Yeah, and you're gonna text me. You're gonna go. I get it. <laughs> so he's just like he's empathetic. Like he knows they mean well, and he's just like this kind of like sucks, he understands. Like, they're them. not trying to be mean. They're like not he understands basic or whatever they're speaking. Like yeah. he understands everybody, but they don't understand him, and he knows that. Like. And so he's sort of like, like he, like he goes into every conversation open and willing. And then mm-hmm. he sees the look on their faces because he's seen it all his life of like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Thank you. You know, like, and he just sort of yeah. turns into like nods and smiles oh after that, gosh. you know? And it's like, it's, 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 it's like heartbreaking, but it's also beautiful because he, he's like in 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 the high republic they sort of all have like jedi specialties right like Mm -hmm. their powers are so different and unique and they all use the force in this different unique way i'm sure you've heard on all the stuff um and his like his like quote-unquote power is like empathy like he feel he connects with other living beings more than the other jedi so like even though they'd understand what he's saying he understands what they're saying, but he also understands like what they're feeling. He sees like what they're going through. Like he can pick the depressed person out of a crowd. Like he, like, you know what I mean? Like he connects to people, even though he knows that they can't connect to him. Oh, that's very sweet. It's, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's a little bit heartbreaking, but a little bit beautiful. Huh? Well, uh, you're really selling me on reading this book. Like, right. I'm now. just saying, I'm just saying, He's awesome. It sounds great. And I, we, I mean, like, everybody's been talking about it. I know Justin wants to talk to me about it, and I just haven't gotten around to doing this. We all want a hug from this Wookiee. Oh, man. You know, that's, that's all I can say. We love a good Wookiee. We do. We do. Um, I don't know. Do you want to you wanna close it up on this Dark Temple? Yeah, I'm just going through my notes to see if there's anything I had not covered. I think we hit a lot of it, actually. Um... Oh, I did have one completely just, this is a nonsensical thing. Um, there is a white, hairy alien that's Moroff. with the Fulari. Moroff. It's, yeah. it's, it's not Moroff. That's his name. It's not. What are those aliens called? <laughs> I have no idea. Because I recognize him. Like, he's a Rogue One alien. Yeah. Sal's going to know what this is. His name in Rogue One is Moroff. He's Moroff. I yeah. don't know what the species is called because I'm a bad okay. Star Wars fan. That's fine. We all are, really. <laughs> Who is a good Star Wars fan? Look, what I'm is- sorry. Yeah. I failed you. <laughs> I have failed you. I'm um, gonna tar- type more off and see what happens. He's a Geigerin. A Geigerin. That's so cool. cool. That's pretty cool. He, he's like Falcor. Falcor had a gun and a breathing apparatus. <laughs> Falcor had legs and heavy weaponry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And maybe not creepy. Have you seen that recently? Falcor's a little. Uh, okay, dude. I watch creepy, it every dude. Christmas. With the family, I love with children. hot chocolate and marshmallows. Oh, this man. Christmas, I didn't watch it. We were missing a part of the family. Oh, <laughs> and I did not heart. watch it this year. Well, I'm not going to rain on that parade, but yeah, yeah. it is. I saw it for the first time like a year or two ago, which it, is shocking. It, it is. It is beautiful. That's one of my favorite. That's one of my faves. Uh, Axel was almost named a tree. I'll have you know. 
no way. <laughs> well, no, uh, no way, according to my wife, exactly. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what, it was on my list. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's it, you're a tree you in my heart. I do whisper, good night, tree you. Yeah. And he says, who? Like, I think it did pretty good. His name is Axel Riku Perales. So, like, we, we ended up with a pretty good spot. It's a pretty cool you name, know, dude. Like, you know, pretty the, the compromises name. worked out. You know, I pretty didn't get Anakin. Cool I didn't get a Treyu. I didn't get Orin. Uh, right. But I did end up with Axel. It's uh, a pretty good name, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy about it. Great name for a race car driver, too, if he ever decides to go racing. Like, uh, whatever cool job he wants to get, I feel like he's got a leg up. 100%. Yeah. Somebody's going to see that on a resume and be like, Axel, mm-hmm. what's this guy about? Bring yeah. him in. Bring him in. Let's chat. Bring him in. I want to hear what this guy has to say. Yeah, dude, he's got ideas. I know it. <laughs> this guy's going places. He really is. He's a, he's a sweet, smart kid. He's good. He's good times. Mm-hmm. He brought me chocolate, chocolate he apparently. <laughs> <laughs> not not going to lie. It wasn't bad. Well, there you go. <clears throat> all right. Uh, that's all I got for Dark Temple, man. Dude, uh, I would recommend this to anyone. It, it like the, the the big takeaway from this for me is Eno and Sears' relationship. Yeah, I think so too. Because that like, was great. It, yeah, because especially if you love them from the video game, like you love them, but you love them separately. Like in the video game, you get Eno through BD One and some of her stories, and then you get her through her relationship with Cal. But you don't get Eno and Seer together. You know what I mean? So this comic, it, like it does deliver on that that uh, relationship much more than the game does. Which if you're into that kind of stuff, this is for you. I should have said that before the spoilers because now you already heard the whole story. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, it is what it been, is. it's been a while. It's a I will say I'm not a podcast doctor. <laughs> I may be a simple caveman. <laughs> Frightened by your automobiles and television. <laughs> but, uh, I will say, if you liked that game, there, there. look, I'm not going to beat around the bush. There's a lot of Star Wars tie-ins, merchandising stuff into sort of larger properties like video games and movies that are Fact. probably not worth your time. There's a lot. If you really liked Fallen Order, this is a really quick and enjoyable read. And I, like you said, I think it adds a really nice dimension mm-hmm. to Cordova and to Seer and gives them uh, like deeper, deeper sort of insight into their characters and who they were. And I Absolutely. appreciated that. Absolutely. Uh, all right, man. I think that's going to be a podcast. That is uh, our comic book talk for the week. Nice. I don't know how to we end a podcast. I just go like, hey, the podcast is over. It is out of podcast end. Okay, bye. 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 Bye.